Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Brought to you by Ultimate Guard. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to fill this jam-packed hour of bullshite. But John... Chris. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been recording this whole time, haven't you? You know, you've got me red-handed, Chris. <laughs> As you John, do. As you do. You know what, John? I often do catch you red-handed. And today is no different on the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. Boys, we're back. Hit the armory. Grab your badges. Grab your guns. We're walking the beat. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, John Schreiner. John, say hi to everybody. What's going on, everybody? Mm-mm-mm, the soothing sounds, but that's not all, John. We've got a couple special guests with us. You know, they're not common. You know, they're not rare. They're not heroic. Sure as shit aren't heroic. They're legendary. And, of course, I'm, we're joined by Mr. Miles Tyler and Shane okay. Dutler. There it is. <laughs> Boy, say hi to everyone. Calculating numbers. <laughs> there they are in all their glory. Come on, get serious! <laughs> I just want to use you for sound bites. I really, actually can we get a like soundboard? Sound yeah, <laughs> dude. Dude, at Worlds, when I beat somebody, I want you to—I want you behind me, just saying all of that stuff, or from across right. the venue, whatever. Whatever it is. Oh, that's Done. fine. It's worth. It. <laughs> Come on, it'll be worth it. Jason loves that shit. <laughs> Well, I do too. And boys, it's been a while. We've been trying to get this episode off the ground for a couple weeks, but we've been busy. Clearly, you guys have been busy. Uh, no strangers uh, as far as, you know, posting what's going on in 2020 for you guys on YouTube. But, you know, we'll unpack all of that here in a little bit. But, you know, we're going to do something we always do. We it's, it's how we like to gather our information. It's, like, it's how we like to spread the good word, the gospel, some call it. John, do you know where we're going? Shane, Miles, do you know what we're getting ready to talk about? We're going to fact check the State of the Union, aren't we? Oh, we're going to get there. Because you know where the state, where you can find the State of the Union? Right. Oh, it's the news. Dot what? Dot news. Fuck. Fuck, it's the news. All right, so first up, uh, John, uh, this, the next season of the Octagon Open is underway, correct? That's right, Chris. So you know what it's time for. It's time for the Octagon State of the Union. We are starting off Season 3. We are three events in as of tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. So we have got, you know, all the usuals are coming back. We've got new players every week already, which is awesome. Glad to see. Excellent. Um, season 3 kind of seems like everybody's hyped to just restart, you know, so we've, we've got a lot of people who are uh, who are coming back to being regulars, so that's pretty cool to see. Tonight, we had a, all eight decks were not the big three. So it, oh, was no like, shit. it was actually really interesting. We had some really cool decks getting played tonight, and I encourage people to check out the VOD on the Twitch and uh, and to join the Discord where you can check out these deck lists. And mm -hmm. it's really awesome to see some of these. We had like a, uh, 
an earth fire like ping deck with we had a lot of mitsukis and and goblin two cp goblins on the field tonight ah. we had um like matt rice was playing a mono ice with all the final fantasy 8 guys like quistus for noah ultimation you name it in like a mono ice shell so it was really cool there's a lot of neat stuff going on today um interesting but yeah man we're, we're you know um We've got our leaderboard like usual, and we've got some more events. We're back to just the Wednesdays. We're thinking about having some bigger events on the weekends, maybe do some uh, prep events for L3 before some of the opens and things like that. But uh, mm -hmm. we're just going strong. You know, we're still doing the same thing every week, 7 p.m. Uh, it's free. It's free, Chris. John, that's the best price. Free is the best price for any event. If it's for free, it's for me. <laughs> Turns out. Right, so come Turns play against some, uh, some awesome players, get some great practice, and play whatever the hell you want. We're having a yeah. great time just jamming games on Octagon. Absolutely. And uh, so, John, that's a hell of a segue to uh, something new we just started, kind of on a whim. Um, you know, especially when we're talking about people just playing some bullshit. We, uh, we, we were actually, it's kind of funny. It's fitting because uh, we were actually going to do this podcast episode on Sunday. But then, you know, I know, Miles, you got busy. Shane, you you were deep into a just a, a netherworld slumber. Yeah. <laughs> um, so me and John were just on Octagon, and we were like, yeah, like we were just, hey, John, let's just get some coffee and just bullshit for a while. And it kind of turned, it kind of took on a life of its own. We're just sitting there for a couple hours, and like people are submitting deck ideas for us to play. Like, here, you play this, you play this. And we just sat there for three hours, really, and just jammed a bunch of games and just literally just shot the shit the whole time. So we're going to kind of turn this into an every Sunday morning thing. We're just going to stream it live. Uh, people can submit decks to us, and just you know, we'll link them in the uh, the Discord, and we'll just we'll just load them up on Octagon and just bullshit our way through them. So, I mean, it was it was received pretty well, so we're just going to keep that up. So, if you have any um, if you have any decks you want to submit, just tune in, watch us. Uh, John will help you get it all linked into the Discord. We'll load them up, and we'll you know just watch us fuck around. Yeah, we'll play anything. Send it our way. We we'll will play. About anything until i get so pissed because i don't like the deck <laughs> that's right i mean well, hey I, i'm not I, playing this shit might only play yeah, it once this game. but we'll play yeah, it pretty much yeah. <laughs> i will say fuck this game and or i'll scoop halfway through the game because i'm like mm -mm. yeah so you got a crazy idea you want to or you just want us to like test something you want to you know just send it in we'll get a, a couple games and we'll get some feedback you can watch us mm -hmm. play it you can drink your coffee with us and enjoy some bullshit a simultaneous sip you know if it was if it was coffee hours i would enjoy enjoy a sip but i'm fresh out of chalky that's fair i got a little i got a water here but you know i don't expect mm. everyone to have a beverage at the ready but i'm gonna right. sip mm. you've been talking all night john i have i've been i've been busy we just finished the octagon stream and now well, we're doing this well and you know what else john you know just just to keep the the train rolling the cactar conductor just going down the tracks so we talked about bullshit. We're talking about crazy stuff. It doesn't get much crazier than what happened at our Summoners Cup last week that we streamed. John, if I were to look you in the eye and said Chocobos won a big event, what would you say to me, John? Where was Valfor that day? Also an excellent question. Yeah, no, I, so, I, I would I would call BS, Chris. I would say major, like, yeah, what kind of major? <laughs> like local? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it was, there was a lot of obviously local players, but we had a good turnout from uh, everywhere, you know, North Carolina, we had Pennsylvania down, Nick Chanel, the NV, uh, some of the Envy guys were down. It was a serious um, event, Chris. It was, a it, it was, we actually had a really, we had 40 people for this Summoner Cup. 
And turns out, just old local Richmond player. Not uh, there's there's we have two Ethans in our scene. We have Ethan Linquist, and then we have uh, Ethan, and I, I can't remember his last name because I've never called him other but nothing but Ethan. Oh, Ethan. Ethan ass Ethan. <laughs> Ethan um, ass Ethan. Ethan. Oh, Ethan, Ethan. That's the guy. Oh, Ethan Birds, because he has been playing chocobos from the moment he picked up this game, and. It's just one of those decks, dude, where sometimes he shows up and just dumpsters everybody. So he goes 4-0 or 0-4. It's one or the other. It was and his day. To, it was, in fact, his day. And, I mean, the only game he really got obliterated was the wind-water match. Somehow he was able to navigate wind-water the entire day. It just dodged. But he found in, in the finals he had to play against Rampair, which, of course, top eight was actually pretty diverse. Um, now that we're speaking on it, let me actually go ahead and pull up what we had mm-hmm. for top eight. And while we're getting that pulled up, just to say, um, you know, this event was at Jersey's so down in Yorktown. Um, that's our, our Southern Virginia brethren. That's where they, uh, that's where they hang their hat and play some final fantasy TCG. Where we had the Ultros cup. It's where we had the Ultros cup. Uh, cup, cup, yep. So. Like I said, um, the top eight was pretty diverse. I'm getting ready to pull it up now. If I boy, so many events have happened since then. My goodness, here we go. So top eight consisted of a multicolor warrior of light deck. We had one waff. We had one wind water. We had three ran pairs, though one of them was a little bit different. Paradise, uh, that was of course. Baby. Yep, we had one that was very much in tune with uh, you know a couple versions of Eldenarch or copies of Eldenarch to run Paradise. Uh, we had a mono ice deck, and then we had fucking old stupid ass birds right up there at the top. And the reason that that's important is, John, if you look at a ram pair list, um, and please, you know, we'd love to find out what what do ram pair lists run that can handle just going a bunch of birds going wide. Yeah, I mean, um, like Shantoto, Kane, Prish, if you play it, all this stuff can kill a bird once, but they mm-hmm. don't kill them, and they just go under them. We're over them. Yep. And uh, it's like a double shoal, maybe? I don't know. They're, they're not really packing a lot of answers for the for Chocobos. Yeah, you literally have to double shoal. Um, or you have to be running like a different version of like a Reticle Knight Garland or some mm-hmm. other kind of tech piece. Maybe you're playing something weird and you're just, you happen to be packing Athena in the list, which would be wild. But, but yeah, so congratulations to Ethan winning the Summoner Cup. Um, he got the Bahamut print. He got the trophy. That was part of that kit. Uh, second place, we went ahead and gave the uh, the Noctis Play Arts uh, to Jason Richardson, who finished second. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the top eight was Curtis Kang in third, Josh Rose in fourth, Nick Chanel uh, finishing fifth, Brendan Tawa sixth, Chris Miller seven, and then Peter Katera in eighth. Excuse me. So it was a great event. Uh, again, really solid turnout. We streamed it. Um, I was on one during half of those matches because Adam thought it was a good idea <laughs> to buy me alcohol while I'm streaming. And I'm sitting there on stream just brown bagging this bitch um, <laughs> like, like some old cartoon right. hobo. And you can kind of see the the gradual like decline of the quality. And then I just have to get to the point where it's like, I can't sit here anymore, John. Wait, that's so funny, dude. I was playing, so I don't really realize. I have to go back and watch. Oh, yeah. It was it was it was, it was, it was the rise and fall of Chris Adams. <laughs> it's, it's like an E true Hollywood story. <laughs> but summoner cups are great. Um uh, there's good prize to be given out. It was a good event. Um and speaking of that, the most recent winners, um, surprise, surprise, 
Um, for January, we had Envy Games doing their Bahamut Brawl event, which seemed pretty cool. I don't really have much of the details on that. Um, they have a stream that I'm excited to, to go back and watch. Did they have a stream? Okay. Yeah, they absolutely did. Okay, yeah, I see uh, it right here. It looks like... like... Yeah, they were on the Facebook pages. Yeah, and they actually had right around... They had 39 players exactly, and it looks like we had some... Uh, some uh, you know, household names. We had Chocobo Joe there. We had Brian Garrity. Right. You know, these are names. These are names that we know. Mm-hmm. So, and it was good. It looks like uh, did did Birds win this one too? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! This is like I look. This is like Ethan's fucking list. It is. It's literally named Burbs. Holy shit! It's we Ethan, built it it's, here at home too. Yeah. Holy shit! That's that's crazy, dude. Like I, I love the fact that like like. This is what's happening right now. John, there's gold in them there hills, and people yeah, Chris, are digging. Chris, I went on Reddit, and I posted um, a $5 deck just won the RVA Summoner's Cup. Because Dude, I want oh, people to realize like, they could jump online, and like you know, you can buy into this game for a very affordable amount. And it's not just buy in to play at home. like You can buy in and compete. Dude, see, well, not even that, right? Like, because you know, Shane, you know, your budget decks don't have anything on a four dollar and thirty eight cents competitive deck. That's cheap. That's that's some uh, that is that is some cheap card gaming right there, boys. Shane's got some great budget decks, though. <laughs> he does. He does. So yeah, for I mean, for basically like a pack. Yeah, you can build a deck that's won a couple tournaments, and I mean. Don't yeah. again. I mean, let's not get it twisted. You're running to win water. You're gonna have a rough day, mm-hmm. but sometimes you may just be able to win fast enough. You I think never they know. had a two deck format, so uh, they did. Was, yeah, so it was really just you know tearing it up, and they had yeah. a backup plan too. But yeah, it's cool, Chris. I mean, you know, like we were saying, man, it doesn't have to be always the same decks. Here it is. So totally, totally out of left field wins two events. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And, of course, the other event that won January was one that uh, actually all four of us were at, and that was the um, that was the Reunion 2 down in Florida, you know, hosted by Cards of Ivalice. Um Boys, I know you guys, you guys were not only down there playing, you guys were down there spreading the UFS love to everybody. And it's like you've and not to mention that you've also I feel like you've kind of converted most of the community after that event. Huh. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course, no problem. That's kind of like my verb. It's what I like to do. And you did it very well. Um, and I know Miles, you were on Final Fantasy VII at that event. Shane, you were, you were my hero. You were on an old school three color monsters list, and you you were pretty close to topping. You were didn't you ended up finishing? It was X three or X four. I went four and four. I, I okay. really only lost the waft decks. That was a big thing because mm. they were too fast for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were playing when I when I saw you were you had a. Well, well, I, I can't. Cobalt Droid? I haven't seen yeah, that I, thing I played, in so long. I, I played uh, the Cobalt Droid, mm-hmm. played Green Dragon, and Bob Sahagan. They're all really oh, good. Man. Um, Dude, every time I looked over like, and saw you, I felt like guilty for playing something not as spicy. It was really funny because, like, pretty much everybody I played against, they're like, hmm, I don't really have any monster hate. I was like, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> you have nothing. Yeah. At home when we were testing, the deck was the most degenerate thing ever. And he was like, I don't know if I should take this deck. And we were like, yo, man, you got to take that bullshit. None of us wanted to play against it because we couldn't beat it. I was trying to tech. I'm trying to tech bullshit in like fucking uh, what's his name from Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, oh, Zell. Zell. I'm like, um, man, how do I fit Zell in this deck so I don't die to Shane? Couldn't do it. Yeah. 
No, dude, I, there was a long time where Three Color Monsters was the boogeyman of Final Fantasy trading card games. It was terrifying. Then, uh, it was. It, Fire Ice, was, my deck was unplayable because it just lost straight up to that. Straight up. So it was, it, it, it was nice. It was a nice stroll down memory lane. And just overall, I thought it was a fantastic event. Um, again, you know, you guys were running UFS demos for everybody. There was $1,000 on the line. Um, awesome venue. Just just everything was great, except for the fact that it was really, really hot, and my underwear were fucking liquid <laughs> at the end of the event. My crotch was swampy. Swampy. But, you know, that's, a, that's another story for another time. Um, so on a more positive, less swampy note, boys, Opus 11 is right around the corner, and they slapped us up with a huge bunch of spoilers, not just from, you know, the Opus 11 set, but they went ahead and showed some of the cards from the new starter deck, the the Cloud vs. Sephiroth starter deck. So, you know, Miles, we're, we're, we're going to be talking your language. Um, yeah, you are. And some of these cards are fucking nuts. Nuts. Bananas. Dude, they are just dumb just absolutely dumb and i think we're gonna start with we're gonna kind of work i got the i got them pulled up and we're gonna start and kind of work our way backwards um i actually want to start with kadaj uh kadaj is a dark forward for cp 9k uh obviously the, most of these are gonna be category seven uh job remnant he's an ex burst so he's overstated and he's an ex burst and he says when kadaj enters the field select one of the three following actions choose one forward dull it Choose up to two cards from either player's break zone. Remove them from the game. Choose one forward until the end of your turn. It gains plus 2,000 power and brave. That'd be good enough, but he doesn't stop there. At the end of each of your at the end of each of your turns, you may remove Kadaj from the game. If you do so at the end of your opponent's turn, put Kadaj onto the field, and then he can just do his bullshit again. All right, John. I'm gonna start with you. This card's nuts. What do you think? Of, what do you think of Kadaz, John? All right. So my favorite thing about this card, um, besides the fact that I think I hear the theme song to to what Carly Quinn in the background, Chris. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'm just talking about trying, that. I'm, I'm trying to like not acknowledge that I just heard this theme song, but it came through uh, so clearly. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So so this card, Kadaj, uh, I love the way that. Because the end step in this game doesn't really let players respond to anything that stacks, like mm -hmm. priority is given to a player for the like sense of what order things stack in, but you can't use any summons or abilities. So when mm -hmm. Kadaj comes back, he's kind of like super safe in this way, in this like really sneaky way that a lot of other cards haven't been able to protect themselves by like leaving the field and coming back like he does. Um, mm -hmm. His ender triggers are like insane, but they're definitely good enough that I don't mind abusing them. Yeah, because he makes one of your guys a better attacker. Mm -hmm. He just gets something out of the way, or he can just remove, you know, just get rid of some of that silly recursion that your opponent's going to be looking to play. So now, you know, when you look at a card like Kadaj, you have you have to really be more cognizant of what's in your break zone and when you can grab stuff and when you can't. Yeah, and like you said, he's overstated, right? So his whole thing yeah. is like, I'm going to turn sideways. And then if you let, you know, I either did the thing or I'm still on the field. So now I blink, 
I come back mm -hmm. at the end of your turn, I get some extra effect, and guess what? You know, turn sideways again. <laughs> yeah, or he doesn't even have to turn sideways. You can give him 2,000 power and brave because he'll have it. Because it's at the end of your turn that he loses yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So, Kinda Shane, dumb. Shane, what do you think of Kadash? He's pretty good. Uh, so... I think John hit on the head where it's like you, you do it at the end of your opponent's turn. So it's past their main phase too. Mm -hmm. So like, it, you know, it, 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 it's just really good. Uh, now there's a card that I like to play the white mage that can uh, Marv G a card um, in the uh, mm -hmm. opponent's break. Excellent. And, backup, yeah. Right. And and this is just like that, but twice you can just re remove two. And like, there's so many decks that are doing like the recursion and stuff like that. So this is perfect. That's my mm -hmm. favorite mode. It no. just hit two things. Like that's so relevant. Beautiful. Beautiful. Miles, how do you feel about Kadaj? Uh, I think he's really, really good. He opens up a lot of different play avenues that people are, I think, going to start taking advantage of that aren't seen very much. I mean, like you said, the inability to stack on hit to his effect and mm -hmm. know that you're going to have to deal with it every turn if you can't get him off the board. Mm -hmm. Seems good. Yep. Oh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. And speaking of good, uh, we're going to talk about the light card that's in that set. It's another 4CP. Um, it's Aerith, you know. She is a 4CP, 5K, not as heavy statted. It'd be pretty busted if she was a 9K. Um, job Ancient, when Aerith enters the field, choose up to two Category 7 characters in your break zone other than a card named Aerith. Add them to your hand. For one tap, put Aerith into the break zone. Select one of the two following actions. Choose one Category 7 forward you control. Dull it, it gains this forward cannot be broken until the end of the turn. So she's essentially a 2CP Titan built in. Um, or choose one dark forward and break it. Miles, what are your thoughts on your girl here? Uh, good cards are good. It's nice to see Final Fantasy VII cards with good text on them, finally. You're not wrong about that. Normally, they're all mediocre as shit. They're so fair. <laughs> They're fucking adorable, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I want to I wanna play that card, I but know, I won't because like, this text is bad. Recently, like, Cloud, Sephiroth, uh, these cards have been hitting out of the park, though. Like, Aerith, like, all the most recent ones have been very good. Well, yeah, but, okay, let's, let's weigh these most recent ones, which we're talking about right now, mm -hmm. against, you know, let's say a certain light-skinned individual from Omaha, Nebraska playing a Category 7 deck <laughs> at the reunion and his Final Fantasy had, 7 roster of cards. Dude, if you had any of these cards, I feel like it would have been a lot better. Because, like, and, and I, I wish, you know, because they, they showed the text on the new Legendary Tifa, but we're not going to go over that one until we see, like, the art. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you, Miles, imagine if you had that card in your deck or Kadaj. Or this Aerith, or that new fucking Vincent, we're gonna talk about in a little bit. I, I feel oh like my God. Be just that a... card makes my dick so hard. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> mine too. Let's talk about Vincent. Let's talk about Vincent. All right. <laughs> Before we do that, Shane, what are your thoughts on Aerith? She picks up characters, which is really great because you can special. I'm looking over what kind of characters you can special with, and I think the Sephiroth mm -hmm. seems Half like the, the most degenerate roster. one. Yeah, yeah. Like the seven has yeah. so many special abilities. This mm -hmm. new Vincent. <laughs> this new Speak of the devil. Yeah. All of the dick hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just really great because the uh, the Earth Fire Seven, which is like a, a very like recursion heavy special it's like move. The obvious deck. marriage for the Seven archetype, I think. Right, like it's just like the one that has the most synergies, and it's like, oh well, they can't play any of the great Earths. 
they're all locked behind wind. Yeah. And the only other wind cards yeah. are Yuffie and one red 13. So you're like not that hyped to go into wind, but you lose Aerith, who's like an insanely good protective card. And that's exactly what the entire deck is missing is like a good protective card. Right. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is not only like recursion that helps you with all these specials, but it slots. It's another character that's a unique FF7 character. Marlene can get it. It slots right into that deck. And, oh, uh, bear can pick her up on yeah. attack. Yeah, she can protect the bear or the clat. Like all that stuff is great. Like the worst part about this is that Kadash just got like in the same set, and they're light and dark. Like that's the worst part. Uh, right. Is that, and then you can't say that Marlene I mean, can pick her up. Yeah, yeah Marlene just scoops dude. her up, dude. Yep. Just comes up in the fucking two seater. Get in. You're coming back to the board. Yeah, she has like a lot of great cross synergies with the Earth Fire Final Fantasy VII deck. But none yeah. of the other errors are able to take advantage of. Agreed. And uh, you know what? Just because we've hyped him up, we're going to go right next to Vincent. Um, he's a 3 CP 7K. Um, obviously, again, Category 7, Job Gunslinger as always. He is just a wall of S abilities. First one is Death Gigas. Until the end of your turn, Vincent gains plus 1,000 power, first strike. And when Vincent attacks, choose one dole forward of cost four or less and break it. Whew! Damage five, he gains Chaos S. Vincent, uh, for just S, both of these, by the way, they just cost S. So Vincent gains 3,000 power, first strike, and when Vincent attacks, choose one character and break it. And this effect does not end at the end of the turn. His damage five ability becomes fucking permanent. Permanent. Every time. Yeah, so by the way, by the way, <laughs> you could S him twice and break two things. Chaos, and get 6,000 power. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Chaos, you can get 6,000 power. You can break two characters, and that shit stays. All right, Miles, put, pull your pants up. What do you think of this guy? Oh, no, nah, man. Hold on a second. I got it. <laughs> Let me finish you. is my sin. You're going to have to come back over to me. <laughs> oh, no. All right, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh. We did it. We did it. <laughs> I read that. I'm sorry. I didn't. Oh, uh, man. I read that shit after he typed it. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then I went back up and I was like, oh, my oh. God. <laughs> oh. Dude, I oh, like geez. it. I wonder if you can pair it with uh, the the, uh, the the one uh, EX Burst Vincent that searches of Vincent. That'd oh. be like another way to get it. You know? Definitely. Oh man, you have oodles of ways. There's Kolka, there's Jesse, there's the other Vincent, there's Marlene that gets him back. Like the Aerith puts uh, it in your hand. The, there's a lightning uh Reeve that picks him up, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it Vincent or Kate? Yeah, there's a backup that searches for it. Yeah, there's yep. just like this Vincent is so comboable, and this is a shoal price. For the price of a shoal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. And as I simple the as you that can came out. I thought the box topper Vincent, or the the promo Vincent that came out that sniped a backup or sniped a forward was good. Oh man, this, this guy! This guy snipes whatever the fuck he wants. What? Sure and does. what's really cool? What's really cool is because you know, I mean, obviously, all of Vincents are on Earth. I like the fact that he kind of plays very well with like Cecil and Dark. Whereas you know, with Cecil, you can kind of put yourself at the damage you want. Oh, I'm at four. All right, well, I'll dark kill that thing. 
Uh, now I'll ask Vincent, and when he attacks, I'll break that thing. You get some really crazy, like, power turns. And especially now with damage mechanic being a thing, there's so many ways to give yourself damage now. So you can really just kind of choose when you want to let Vincent explode. So yeah, um, I think the card's scary. Like You have to really play around the damage five in any deck that has him because they just have this this wildly explosive turn once they hit five damage. Yeah. Well, the, the, the games become that way. You need to go, you need to take them from four to dead. Because mm-hmm. if you let if you get somebody to five, they're just almost unkillable. They pop off. The pop off. Hey, that don't feel too good, boys. Yeah, they, they use their meter. They do. Okay, they so use... If he leaves the field, though, that effect goes away, correct? That's correct. Yeah, all right, bye. All right, all right. But again, like, if you got the new legendary Tifa, they're going to have to kill her ass to get rid of him, or they're going to have to deal damage to him. But then you just like, cockatrice. Aerith. <laughs> Aerith. Like, we're summoning Captain Planet over here. Aerith just is like, no, that guy doesn't break this turn. No, no. 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 That's well, fucking adorable. It is. Well, we're going to stick with the Earth cards now, and then I'm going to let Shane lead off with this one after I read it, because I feel like this... I feel like, I don't know, I, I see this card, and I think I think this is a Shane card. It's the 2CP Cloud. Um, He's a 2CP 5K, job soldier as always, and he has the ability tap, put one Category 7 forward into the break zone, Search for one forward that costs one CP more than the forward put in the break zone and play it onto the field. You can only use this ability during your main phase. Shane, we've got a birthing pod. Go ahead and uh, what do you think of this? I like it because he has to sack a category seven, but he pulls out any forward. So mm-hmm. like, that's pretty decent. The only thing is like, I'd like to find some way to give him a haste because he only costs 5k. So he's like, he's got to last on the turn or he has to last mm-hmm. on the board like a whole turn. That's, that's like really mm-hmm. the only downside. So like we got to find somebody to give him haste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's got. So he can even put himself in the break zone, huh? And then search out. Yep. He can put a three C. He uh, can put himself in there. Put a three CP in, which you can sack him. Grab Vincent. Hey. Well, like that's that's the crazy part about this is that all the 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 swap recursion. Like you're like, oh man, Tifa's out on the board. I paid two for. Mm-hmm. Uh, dull cloud. Pop Tifa after attacking on main phase two, put Baird on the board past her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, I think this card is really, really neat. It's very much, I mean, like I said, this is essentially a birthing pod and it has a lot of really, just, there's just a lot of really neat splash synergies you can run. Like, break Rufus, kill that guy, play Barrett. Right. See, that, that that's what I'm thinking. Like, I want to break this guy off with like Rufus. That's what I want to do. Just do whatever kind of goofy shit I can do to just pop something, bring something in, kill that, do this, and just keep bringing Rufus back and just doing shit like that with Cloud. Um, I, I think this card's really, really neat, and I can't, I can't wait to see what people do with him. Cool card, yeah, yeah, very, very cool Good card. Of just so many fun Octagon Weekly builds. It is. It really, really is. Um, and speaking of uh, fun cards, we're going to go to the two Lightning Final Fantasy Seven cards. We'll start with Sephiroth. Why the hell not? Uh, we finally have a Sephiroth that's a job soldier, which is huge. Um, he's a 3CP9K, so he's a thick boy. Um, and when Sephiroth attacks, dull all the forwards your opponent controls with 8,000 power or less. At the end of each of your turns, remove three cards from your break zone from the game or put Sephiroth in the break zone. Um, like... I'll start with. I, I think this card's really, really good. I, w- I wish. Um, I mean, he's enlightening, so you have plenty of ways to give him haste. 
Um, I like I like something in, like him in conjunction with a card like Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, you can just Cyclops dull their whole board, and then it's like, okay, I'm just gonna swing through and win the game. Swing for the fences, pretty much. And he's a big boy; like he is a he is a big body for three CP. He is a swole ass lad. But now, what do you guys think of this card? I'll start with whoever whoever wants to chime in. On to go, <laughs> go, <laughs> go ahead. So, so Mono Lightning has always been my like. Um, it's, it's like the element that I enjoy playing the most and mm-hmm. on this, like a mono element. And I, I love this card a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. the fact that you, like you can play like, um, well, who is it? Um, uh, Sid and then, mm-hmm. and then put this guy down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Uh, he, like I've always loved cards like Maya, for example, that dull. And, mm-hmm. and this guy's just like Maya on steroids. It's like, yeah. it's kind of nuts. Like at the end of each of your turns, you have to, uh, like RFG three cards at a break zone, which is like fine. Uh, but like, I guess if they cast like a mist dragon, that kind of kills them too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, I, I love the card. I, I think out of the entire Final Fantasy VII cards we've seen so far, he's my favorite one. Nice, nice, and I respect that, Miles. What do you think? Uh, I'll be honest. I agree with Shane. I've never dabbled with lightning too much, mm-hmm. but I like the idea of what of what the possibilities are, especially with you know seeing some of the cards that are going on right now with like Rampier and things like that. Like it's just another another push piece. Another yeah. another ensure the win move. I, I think yeah. it's great. No, absolutely. And it's also great. Like he's another one. He's a great um on the show turn having that guy reducing everything by two K. Oh, they're all under eight K. We're just so swing with separate off. Kill and... shot. Yes, he is. He says Shoal just he's went spirit with... shotgun, dude. He's here. <laughs> yes, he is. He's here. It's over. That's right. And uh, speaking of uh, the other Lightning Final Fantasy VII uh, card, boys, dust off your cactuars because Dottaluma's semi little brother is His back. His cousin, dude. His cousin, cousin Azul <laughs> from from oh, cousin Azul from Arizona. Now he's a he's a three CP seven K. It's Azul. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his his job. Sviets. Mm, sounds Sviets, French. Yeah. Um, so when Azul is dealt damage, choose one forward opponent controls, deal it a thousand damage, just a base thousand damage. Uh, damage three, uh, Azul gains when he's dealt damage, choose a four, uh, one forward opponent controls, deal it 2000. And at damage five, he also gains when Azul is dealt damage, choose a forward, deal it 3000 damage. So he's definitely not Dottaluma. Let's go ahead and put it that way. I feel like he is just a much more fair version of Dottaluma. Yeah, but you but, still get the neat interactions with like Cactuar and he's lightning, so you can really go crazy with stuff like Sakura and Orlando and other field effects that the blanket effects that they have. He is like so so he's way less defensive. Like Dataluma was like, if you're gonna kill me, I'm gonna kill everybody on my way out the door, right? Azul is mm-hmm. way more of like just a combo that you're kind of doing on your own. Like it's more likely mm-hmm. you damaging him. Your opponent's gonna remove him with things that don't damage him. Like Dataluma was no matter what. Like I target him with something else, he still, you know, pops mm-hmm. off. So I think Azul is like, you know, he really gets good at five damage, so you kinda have to like take that damage and set up and get to that spot. And mm-hmm. um but he's way more versatile in actually how he places his damage. 
because mm-hmm. he places it in three packets of like 3,000, 2,000, and 1,000. So not only yep. is it more damage per ping, but also like you really just math it out and you more efficiently can kill the board for less pings. And like two or three cactuars can go much further than they could with Dataluma. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boys, what do you think? Shane, Miles? I, th- I, like I think if you pair this card with with um, Seaguard, mm-hmm. where he's not taking as much damage and you can shoot stuff very easily, mm-hmm. um, like I, he's definitely not Dataluma, but like I see the attempt at trying to make something still be relevant That's in the same regard. Cool. Sure, absolutely. Well, I know, I know he's an Earth Four, but like you know, Earth Lightning. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm just. From the cards that I know, that's that was what I was talking. Hey, about. Earth Lightning gives you yeah. two searchers for the guy, so it does. You get Restrictor and Jesse. Absolutely, sure do. Cool, Shane. Any more thoughts on Azul? Seem in, like in action. I like how he's like cheaper than Dataluma, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So baby Dataluma is is back, kind of. All right, now we're going to move on to the one, uh, the couple of the ice, uh, ice seven cards we got, and we'll start with the backup. Uh, we got a Kate Sith, um, finally in ice. He's been in lightning the whole time, and you know, two CP backup. When Kate Sith enters the field, your opponent reveals their hand. You may select one card in their hand, other than a backup. If you do so, remove it from the game, and your opponent draws a card. I think this card is neat because um, I, I here's the thing, right? Yeah, they get to replace the card they lost, but you know, it's one of those cards that, as an ice player, you can play it and move, kind of dictate their next turn. Because mm-hmm. you can get rid of the one forward they're maybe looking to play, and then you could maybe, like, okay, well, I've done this. Uh, now I'll follow up a Sephiroth and get rid of the rest of your hand. You know? Yeah, and um, you RFG it, which is, like, yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's really, really, really neat. Guys, what do you think? This card's nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it's just a two CP backup. You you get information on your opponent's hand. Mm-hmm. Like imagine yep. this turn one, you like know like everything in their hand. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And even like late game in like a crucial turn, it's, it's probably better because opponents are like holding their best cards. Mm-hmm. And you can just get sit and you know look you at their hand, get rid tutor. of their best cards. <laughs> you can tutor it with yeah. another backup. Yep, it's searchable. It's searchable. It's searchable. Well, I mean. Uh, what's that six drop backup that lets you flicker a character after you play a summon? <laughs> Une. Une. It's a forward though. Yeah. You can't flicker backups with it. Oh, okay. nuts if you could. Yeah, it'd be oh, a little wild. Speaking, I of got wild. a little ahead of myself there. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Because speaking of wild, we've got an, uh, another wild ice category seven card. We've got Don Corneo finally Corneo. on a card. And Don Horneo. Uh, Don Horneo. And I love his job as boss. Um, this guy. Boss. Okay, so I'm going to be honest with you. I, if I say Cloud's a combo card, I definitely think this guy is a crazy combo card as well because <laughs> clearly you're going to be milling the shit out of yourself. And he might not do much now. Let's, I mean, I, I think the putting the seven into the break zone to choose a dull forward and break it could be good enough. Um, but let me read. Let me read. Let me not, you know, put the cart before the horse. Let's read it first. Uh, he has three tap abilities. Uh, tap, put the top two cards of your deck into the break zone. Choose a forward and dull it. Tap, put the top seven cards of your deck into the break zone. Choose a dull forward and break it. 
Tap for a blistering. Put the top 15 cards of your deck into the break zone. Choose one forward. You gain control of it as long as Don Corneo is on the field. That's pretty wild. This card's nuttier than squirrel shit. <laughs> this card's nuts. Um, but I mean that like in a not like a, a busted kind of nuts. Like this is one eight hundred gambler is this kind of card. But like if you if you can get his ability to like work when you need it, I I legitimately think you just might win the game off of any one of those abilities. So, guys, what do y'all what do y'all think? The bottom Billy's nuts. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. But like you steal like their best blocker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for keeps. Get, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's for keeps. Like that's the money shot, you know. This card's very thematic. He's got a he's got a money shot to take take a dude, you know. I wonder if those three things are the three different ladies. (laughs) Oh my god! Love Don Horneo, dude. Oh man, Don Horneo card. I was actually kind of sad, you know, seeing the new trailer and you know how many orgasms me and Shane have had about the the game. That Mark Hamill isn't his voice, like I thought he was supposed to be. It's not Mark Hamill. That's all I know. Uh, is it Alan Tudyk? I was like, it's either Mark Hamill or Alan Tudyk. It sounds like one of the most recent Jokers. It just sounds so familiar. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely not Mark Hamill. There was rumors flying around that that's who he was going to play. But when I heard of the voice when he bitched out Cloud or whatever, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, nope, that's not. Nope. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. sorry. No. no, that's okay. I think card's neat. Um, and now we're going to get to... Well, this next one's pretty straightforward. It's another Red 13. Most of Red 13's cards are very straightforward. He's very much a what-you-see-is-what-you-get kind of forward. He's a 4CP8K. Uh, if you do what? Trailer? Isn't that like literally yeah, what he said in the trailer? Did you just quote the trailer? Yeah, what-you-see-is-what-you-get, you sure do. <laughs> Holy shit. Like that, but it's, yeah, it's basically, it's what it is. That's yeah, crazy. they ask him what are what is he? And he he's goes, like, "I am what you see, nothing more." Yeah, nothing, nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> well, that is very fitting because every version of Red Thirteen is exactly that. Because this plain. this version is no different. If you control a Category Seven forward other than Red Thirteen, he gains shit. He becomes a nine K with haste and first strike. Red Thirteen, you are what you are, and you don't need to be anything else but you. Moving on, because there's not much to talk about there. Um, though this card, uh, the next one, um, I think this card's really, really good. And I'm talking about the new Barrett. Yeah, he's so good. Um, so we've got a, we've got a fire Barrett now. So now like this mono fire FF seven deck could be a thing. Cause this guy, miles, listen up. This is Zach's new best friend. Tell me more, dude. So I, so he's a three CP seven K avalanche operative. He's an EX burst. When Barrett enters the field, Choose one forward opponent controls. Deal it a thousand damage for each category seven character you control. Now, if Barrett flips on a burst, deal it two thousand damage for each category seven character you control instead. So, oh yeah. So let's uh, let's put on our chainmail hats and do some Scott Steiner math here for a second. John, let me do it. 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 Oh god. All right. So say it. we've got we've got Zach on the board. Say we, we will say we've got Zach. We've got uh water kick Tifa. We're, we're, we're talking modifier yeah. here. We'll just play the backup game. Let's just say okay. that you've got you've got Zangan out. Okay. You know, you've got your two CP Tifa, the Haster. Mm-hmm. You've got your two CP Cloud, you know, the seven K with a category seven on the board. Mm-hmm. You got your 
You got your Zach out there, and then you mm-hmm. drop your Barrett. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, that's 10K, baby. Yeah, 10K. Something's, something's dead. Something's, something's dead. dead. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah. Something is getting nuked immediately. Well, two cards could essentially get nuked because if Barrett hits while Zach is on the board, if they have an 8K forward and a 10K forward, yeah, you literally get to shoot the 10K and then shoot the 8K. That's what I'm saying, right? Like Barrett comes down, if Zach's on the board, you just start just start letting stuff rip. And then if you're able to like follow that, say you don't kill anything, you're just like, if Frida, 3K the whole board, splat. Yep. You like Barrett just opens up a lot of really neat things. I, I, I like this card a lot. Um, and like I said, it opens, it, it allows you, it allows you to get away from, you know, if you, if you, if you don't want to play, just Earth, get away from fire. That's right. If you don't want to play wind cards or earth cards, you can play mono fire category seven. It's safe. And here. I feel like it's, it is safe here. And I think, I think that Barrett's good enough. Gosh, darn it. Do you have the I mean, soldier I... third class that searches another soldier mm-hmm. third class? But like your seven characters just yeah. multiply. Dude, you yeah. have yeah. Rosso? Come on. All of her Fucking forget yep. about it here. Yep. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I think... still like the five drop uh, Barrett. I got well, my too. favorite card. But like this card's a really good stand in. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think I think this card's neat. Um, I think he, I mean, he clear. I think he goes in a different deck than mm-hmm. the big than Big Barrett. Because let's be honest, if you if you are playing a dedicated multicolor category seven deck, you're playing Big Barrett. Um, especially yeah. when with the with the new Tifa out, Barrett, you no longer have to worry about protecting that guy because the new Tifa is going to do it for you. Dude, I love free yep. cards. Me too. Sure do. Me too. All right, Especially when they printed an Aerith that's playable with right. that with that Barrett that protects him, which is like his biggest weakness. Like Shane will tell you playing against me, mm-hmm. you'll be like, nah, you put Barrett on the board, man. I got to get that dude out of here. Otherwise, yeah. you get too much value. But turn mm-hmm. to solve it. Just one turn. Yep. yep. I, I, Barrett's one of those cards. He's, he's very much like – I say he's a lot like Zidane in the fact that if Barrett hits you twice, the, the, the two cards you gain off of that is enough. Like I think that's enough. You just enough you advantage, yeah. Yeah, so you don't pay lose. off them, you know. Yeah, because you, you've pretty much paid for them because you're really only paying four for them anyway because you've got Jesse out. So yeah, you know, you've drawn two cards, you've gained four CP. He's paid for himself, and you've got a handful of cards. And chances are, it's S abilities to fuel the rest of your board. So yeah, so a lot of good stuff happening there. Now that that was uh that was it for the Final Fantasy seven cards that were spoiled. Now, um, in that starter deck, the Cloud and the Sephiroth do come in full art. You get one each of the full art, and then I believe it's two normal art, like before. Pretty sure um, the like the last. Foil. Do what? I'm pretty sure the full art is foiled. I believe it is. I believe yeah. it is. So, you know, there are a couple more spoilers. We're only going to touch on two more because we're, we're going to save something for next week, boys. Um, the one I want to talk about is the one that comes in the pre-release kits for opus 11 and that's cindy uh she's a six cp earth backup uh when uh, i want to say because this card's in foreign it's in oh, foreign God. but um i know Shane what she said does. that this card's gonna get banned oh, this card's nuts that wasn't me that was ben who said that you said that you really said good. that in the final fantasy chat you're like that card's right, gonna get up. banned i'm oh, trying i'm trying all right, I'm pulling it up in the store chat right let's, now. Let's pull it up. Let's pull, pull it up. Chat. All right. 
I need to find. Uh, I do need to find this Cindy because it's not on FFDEX. I was looking at FFDEX the entire time. I know it's like a six CP, and you get to search for two like category fifteen. Yeah, found it. So oh. she's a job engineer. Uh, she's a six CP backup. When Cindy enters the field, you may search for up to two cat up to two category fifteen Fords and add them to your hand. Then she has tap. Choose a category fifteen Ford. It gains brave until the end of the turn. Or for earth and tap. Put Cindy into the break zone, and all of your Category 15 forwards you control gain plus 3,000 power till the end of the turn. Now, that, that, now that's my kind of tutor, boys. Yeah, that toots my horn. She literally says, I'm going to grab Ingus and Gladio, and then I'm going to play She's going to grab Ingus and Gladio, all right. Oh, she's going to grab them. Like, she's grabbing that wrench and slam them on the board. This card is insanely good. Now, I really, I genuinely hope, I hope, hope, hope that she starts a new cycle of tutor cards where we hit, we get these category-specific tutors where it's like, oh, cool, search for two guys. Search for two guys. Um, and the other, the best part is, this, and I, I think it's not just the fact that she's going to search two guys. It's the fact that you can get her off the field to play her again so without going around your ass to get to your thumb. She can just break herself, and you just play another one. Yeah. So you have Gladio S's now. You have Noctis uh, uh, S's to break monsters. You have Ingus S's to just kill shit. Um, I'm telling you, man, Earth, Lightning, FF15 uh, is really shaping up to be a, a solid deck um, because you have Aranea, who exists. You have uh, – I'm going to forget his name. <laughs> <laughs> Revis, Revis, whatever his fucking name is. Yeah, Revis. Um, then you've got obviously Core, um, the boys, um, and whoever else they put out in this. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's so, a Sid coming. They got the Cindy. There has to be. There has to be. I mean, you can still search Arden. So yeah, yeah, and and fucking Arden and, and Cindy, Arden. Cindy's is just such a such a value heavy card. Like wow. Yeah. Just cards nuts. And I think we're all well, agreeing like on that. Every single, I wish every single category had a busted card like this. Like you know how Type Zero has an ace, you know. Mm -hmm. and it's like if if every single, uh, you know, like category had something as good as mm -hmm. this, then maybe it's like the tribal decks. You you would you would see more tribal decks, you know, because currently now it's oh, yeah. a hodgepodge of, of like, like the good cards. That's what Wind Walker is. That's what mm -hmm. Rampair is. So like if they oh, want yeah. to put tribal, just keep printing stuff like this, you know, mm -hmm. like rain. Yeah. And Rain's another one, yeah. yeah that's Sometimes you just need that kind of stuff. create a deck overnight. Turns Rain. <laughs> that's right. Now, the last one we're going to go over is going to segue us into the next kind of talking point, and that's the new uh, Coop Chaspel. It's a 2CP fire backup. Job is Masked Man. And for tap, it says the damage dealt to forwards this turn – sorry, sorry, damage dealt to forwards opponent controls – cannot be reduced this turn um now this card sparked um it, it sounds pretty you know harmless and straightforward when you read it but turns out it fun it, it changed the game from what we understand um again it's still kind of early we don't know if the, there will be more clarification but it's changed the rule in the game on a very fundamental level john you're an official judge why don't you talk about it some more um, so basically, they have two different distinctions for like damage, like prevention in this game, right? There's things like sea hard and and things that we know that reduce the amount of damage that attacks do, and then there's like Minwoo and Aerith 
and effects like a Shtola that just say they do not receive damage, right? And they just basically never get it at all. Um, well, this card wouldn't normally work on abilities like that. However, Kageyama said in the video where they were kind of, you know, demoing these new cards and talking about them, that this card would be able to get around effects like the Opus 2, Legend Cecil, and Minwoo, and Nishtola, and things like that. Because they're changing... They basically are eroding the cannot receive damage ability to be receive zero damage. So there's like some question on exactly how that affects all interactions about like when things receive damage. And I mean, you know, zero damage is no damage and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But like, there's just like a couple questions, a couple things in the rules that they need to just like change. And then those cards will just have to kind of be clarified by us when people read them because it's not, you know, it's not super straightforward. Um, but it's, it should operate, frankly, the same way. It just lets cards like Q-Caspel work instead of not mm -hmm. work at all. <laughs> it makes it so right. that there's a way to turn those things off now, basically. It's just worded mm -hmm. strangely. Um, so I, I like rule. it because a lot of those cards felt like a problem. Like it was like, oh, fire can't exist with Minwu. Like it just it can't. Sure, can you just do something different? I think well, it's I mean... important that there, I, that's. I think Minwu was a super fair counter to a certain strategy. Like there are a lot of other cards that exist that way, but I don't well, think. I think it's also fair to have a counter to the Minwu strategy. Right, so I think that it's really cool that cards like this exist. Well, and I think one of the big confusing things, and I think we talked about it in one of our group chats, the six CP Shantoto. If she's dealt zero damage, does she deal zero damage out to everything and blanket her effect on everything now, even though she's dealt zero damage? Yeah, so I think but she still dealt damage. Yeah, so, like... so are they now marked with her RFG ability? That's that's where it get that's where it's getting kind of dicey for me. Yeah, people are asking things like that. I think that it ends up being that um in this game you can't take a unit of damage less than a thousand. So I mm -hmm. think that it just essentially works as not taking it at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they're, they're just going to clarify that stuff. Hopefully, they said they would, you know, have some more details on an actual rule. So, mm -hmm. It just is, it all translates pretty poorly when it comes to like needing exact wording. So I think we'll just wait until we read, you know. Yeah, but we, we definitely wanted to address the elephant in the room because people have been talking about that. And, you know, we're curious as to see where it goes. Yeah, I just, I'd just i like to see the rule. I'd like to just read it. That's all. Yeah, As a judge, <laughs> you would like to see the rule. I just want to be able to answer all the questions, like, matter-of-factly, you know? Sure, because they're, they're inevitable. They're, yeah. they're, those questions are going to come up. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we'll go over the other spoilers next week. I'm sure we'll get more. Um, you know, spoiler season is coming in hot and heavy. You know, I mean, the set comes out in less than two months. So Like a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, right around. Yeah. But, you know, as far as, you know, what we have between now and then, um, there are, uh, well, I guess they don't really kick off until Opus 11. And we're talking about um, the Opens, the Open Circuit. And, you know, that's part partially not only because they're great friends of ours, but while we've got the legendary wolf guys here on the cast, um, we're going to let them, you know, kind of, we're going into our main topic here. We're going to kind of talk about what they've been doing. Um, if you've been paying attention to, you know, their Facebook page, you've noticed they've been making some real big, you know, money-esque moves. Um, and the reason I bring that up is they're hosting an open at Legendary Wolf Games in Omaha, Nebraska. 
And the first they, open. The first, the, they are kicking off the open circuit at, in their hometown. And they just revealed some of the mats that are for, I don't know if they're for top eight, top 16, just for the winner, or if they're participation or what. But these mats are beautiful. I want um, that cloud mat so bad. Dude, the cloud, the Kefka, the Terra, the Kuja. Now, um, before I turn the mic over to you guys, um, I don't know if you have any sort of inside scoop you can give us. Do we know if these mats are specific? Like, this mat's going to be at this event. This mat's going to be at this event. Um, or are they all just going to be the same for the Opens and then the Crystal Cups are going to get the rest of them? So, talking to RB, I can't tell you exactly all the things that I've been told. That's fair. Um, That's fair. I, I, keep your secrets. I, I have to because I like getting these kinds of insider oh, information. As you sh- oh, and if I tell you, then they won't tell me things anymore. Hey, brother, so we, we are under NDA, too. We understand. We can't talk. Yeah. yeah. We know, uh, yeah. We know how it is. <laughs> yep. I can't I'm under spell like, NDA, but I got one. I'm under like five or ten of them, so <laughs> god damn it. Um. But I, I'm super excited. I, I know which mat we get. Um, awesome. I, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> cool. well, well, I will be in attendance, so I can't wait to see which mat it is. I will be flying out for that one. Um, actually, um, I'm actually talking with Irving Diaz. We're going to be getting a, uh, we're going to be doing the Airbnb thing. We're going to figure out who all is going to be there, and we're going to hook that shit up. What, what? Yeah, so it's going to be a good time. It's gonna Did be you guys hear? You heard about the announcement that I made on our live stream about sponsorships, about the yeah. hotel just around the corner. Did, from the I mall. did hear that. Yes, I just need to okay. say because I, mean, I I haven't talked to Irvin since then, so we need to update that because that's a really killer deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you said it was like what, like fifteen, twenty bucks a night, thirty bucks a night, like something per person in a room. So yeah, like so like if there's four people in a room, uh, he's talking about like sixty, fifty-five dollars for a night. So if you divide oh, yeah. that by four. I mean that's like fifteen bucks, twelve bucks, twelve fifty. You know, Dude, so, put on your Scott Steiner chainmail hat. We're doing math again, boys. I <laughs> yeah, love it. We math, we quick mathed it right there, just for you guys. Um, but uh, we're doing that, and then we've got the one K on Sunday, which we're hoping is the big draw because you know we I listened to you guys' podcast uh, last week while I was mm-hmm. at work of the week the last before last, where you were talking about the L three format and how it doesn't sound like fun. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure whatever event we had going at the store, there was a good reason for people to show up. So that's what the 1K was for. Hey, well, thank you. That you did. Now, so let's go ahead and kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, you know, you make, you've been making announcements. Uh, what's, before before we start talking about the Open, like what have you boys been doing in the community? Because um, you're hearing a lot more in, in Final Fantasy about Legendary Wolf games. It's not like you haven't been a stranger. You know, Shane's been going to events. You've come out to events. People, you you guys are known entities in the community. But now you're spreading that wealth. Let's talk about that. What have you guys been doing? Well, Shane, I'll let you go first because I could talk about this stuff all day. Hell yeah. (laughs) Go first. Go first. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Come I mean, on, boy. Tournaments, we have sponsorships. I mean, you, you're the captain with the ship, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So the stuff that he said, and then the biggest thing for me is, and I talked a, a bit about this on the the live stream that we did a couple of weeks ago with the sponsored uh, UFS players from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and this is part of the reason why Shane likes working at the store. This is stuff that he's told me before he goes, oh, hell no, because he likes to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the store yeah, is very community. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, the store is very community-driven. So, like, you know, I really enjoy playing the games that we play at the store as much as, you know, thematically Final Fantasy irritates the piss out of me sometimes. Um and how I feel certain things about the game that I could talk about in length for hours. Um, I wanted to make sure that the people that wanted to play the game had a place to play it because we bounced around from home to home, to home, to home, to home and all the game stores here in Omaha, trying to make sure that UFS always had a place to be played. And then I finally was like, man, fuck this shit. I'm opening my own game store and I'm not selling magic. So people can go be wherever they want to be else in Omaha, but everybody else can come play games at my store that need the support. So like a lot of the, the, the positive press and the, the things that we've been doing are because, you know, I care about the players. I care about the game having a good face in the store. I care about the, the things that we do to ensure that, you know, everyone always has the ability to play the games that they want to play. Mm-hmm. And being able to travel and do that, you know, like we were doing with UFS, which is, you know, a, a very, very helpful thing for the game success. Shane always talks about um, the Mount Rushmore of of UFS and mm-hmm. who would be on who would be on it, and it would be like Jason, the owner of Jasco Games, because he revived it and saved it from Fantasy Flight and Sabretooth Games, mm-hmm. and then Sh- Shane, because when he moved from the East Coast from Penn, Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. to Vegas on a whim and it saved his life and he got to help be a part of making it what it is today. Um, Myself, because I'm a very positive entity, even when dealing with a lot of negative entities that, you know, it's about their ego in the community and, you know, you want to teach people how to play UFS the right way and, you know, Mm -hmm. just a lot of things that, you know, most stores and players take advantage of. And then we've been... Huh? I was saying another reason why is because you built your store. Like not many people take that big of an action, you know? <laughs> right. And then we don't know. I mean, like we talked about Sean O'Brien from Rochester CCG uh, mm-hmm. being the fourth face because he, he kept the game alive um, while Jason was still getting the, the IPs and things established from the, the transfer from fantasy flight. But I mean, like that's, those are, those are names that you hear about in the community and, my purpose and my direction for a lot of this is to make that same thing in final fantasy, because like I've watched, you know, a lot of the things that people do and there are names that you hear about all the time, but they're not names that, that are constantly trying to pull everyone together. Mm-hmm. So like that's, it translates well and very easily for, at least for me and, and for Shane to to some degree to be able to kind of just do that because you know like i said i have my complaints i have my grievances i've had my complaints and grievances with ufs but like at the same time you know shane always harasses me i show up to the store pissed off but there's always this glimmer of hope that my category seven deck can win and then i sit down across the table from him which is why he's giggling on the in the background (laughs) right now i sit down at the table and i get trounced and i'm like Man, fuck this game. And then we were joking, or I was joking. I don't know if I was joking, but I'm going to just be real because that's what I do. Uh, After we started figuring out the L3 format and we're going to Fanfare on the 15th, I was like pissed off. 
because I lost and I got up from the table and I was like, man, fuck this game. I'm going to go tell Kageyama his game is awful. And then I went <laughs> in the back and I took a piss and I came, as I was peeing, I was like, oh my God, I've been selling Magic the Gathering at this store the whole time and I didn't even know it. It's just got Final <laughs> Fantasy duct tape all over it. I was so fucking angry. Now, am I actually going to do that? No. Uh, Shane no balls me, so I have some tough choices to make here in the future. But the per- the point is, is that as frustrating as this can be sometimes, I want people to understand that I actually do give a shit. And the store, it needs to make money to be able to function. And I try to do a very good job of staying ahead of the power curve and being a store owner that you can reach out to and have a conversation with. And you know, I'm pretty transparent about our numbers and the things that we're doing. And I I just want to be straightforward, but I do it because I give a shit. Like, mm-hmm. and that's that's it. Like, w- you know, we're going to fanfare, and it's going to cost us like eight hundred dollars to go do this. It's so yeah, we it's so crazy, <laughs> and I'm so frustrated because I'm like, well, hand me a Rampier deck because playing anything else seems like a fucking waste of time. So, but yeah, we're spending all this money. And we're doing this because. We give a shit. Shane gives a shit. And he's a cheap ass. He's like, yo, man, <laughs> put me on a paper plane and I'll get there sometime. It's cool. Point A to point Fuck B, this. man. I'm down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now, hold but, on. Like, so I do want to say something here. So we are very good boots on the ground like type people. Like As far as a team, we we both do like a pretty good job, I would say, as far mm-hmm. as like the boots on the ground. So like you have your competitive players who will just play and they have – fun whenever they win but then you'll have players who like yeah we like want to win but our main priority is like having fun and making friends making the like you know the uh, all the connections and stuff and then just having a good time with people is actually like the main goal you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we do that a lot in the ufs community because like there's not really kids it's always adults at big tournaments so it's like, oh, man, we beat each other ass all day, and then we go to the bar and drink or do, like, the things that we did at Reunion, which is why it was so much fun, which is why, you know, Chris McKinney and Momo and Zeth, and, and, you know, they had never done anything like that, why they had such a good weekend with us. So, like, I want that. That feeling. was one of the best weekends in his life, dude. That's what he said. Sure, He's like, that's awesome. It was. It was. Sure was. <laughs> yeah, even though Zeth almost died. That's crazy. Yeah, he almost drowned yeah, in the ocean. crazy. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, well. yeah, we'll. I don't we know if we want to tell that story right now. No, we won't tell it. But we had an amazing weekend, so it's like with the ups come the the downs. So you know, right? <laughs> like we the, almost and, lost and, one of our friends. Had to have it to somebody. <laughs> well, the the two worst things about the weekend was almost losing death, Zeth, and then the other joke was we had more fun hanging out with everybody at the reunion than we did playing in the tournament. <laughs> happens because the, the format not because of james lockwood or the event not because of anything else but because the format it was like up oh, play these three decks or get fucked and that's exactly what everybody from Omo did dude. yeah we got beat up by waff and winwoo and uh windwater and, and i just uh, well there's only like two people playing right there who like topped but <laughs> mm-hmm. i was a bitch i walked my way all the way to top eight I sure as hell did. Did. it's one of the sure best decks did. to play it dude why not mm-hmm. why wouldn't you yep i agree I so that's where that's where I'm at, and yes, the the main purpose is I like for people to have fun. I I'm a hype man. Mm-hmm. I like to hype shit up, um, and and I'm excited for our L3. I know there's a lot of negativity surrounding the format. I listened to Kyle Peters talk about it on SoundCloud last week. I listened to you guys, <laughs> and I I see it all, but I at the same time, 
you know, I want to make sure that the LWG experience is always legendary. So good, good, uh, good plug there. So, you know, let's let's go ahead and talk about the uh, about the format for a little bit. And you guys have been playing it. I we you, I see your results on FF decks. On what what is your guys' honest opinion on this format? Do you think three sets is enough? Do you think it should have been expanded a bit? Do you think it's healthy to have something that's going to rotate every quarter? Essentially, what do you guys like? Go ahead and tell me what you think about that. So I think Shane he he should probably take off on this one because he's our competitive expert. Fine, All right, I can take off on this. So. The first week when we started playing, it was really good. Even Miles mm-hmm. was having like so much fun because he's playing Category 7. He's like, yeah, you actually have to play the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I was like, you know, it's only a matter of time before the best decks are found, you know? Like Final Fantasy is a game where it's like a majority of the power is like the text on the card. So it's like you just find the best combinations of stuff and then that is the best deck. So then mm-hmm. the next week I showed up with like a Ran Pair deck and just like trashed everybody. So then I was like, well, 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 this is the deck. And we and like we, we've been building a lot of stuff. Like we built like the mono water. Uh, mm-hmm. We built mono everything. Fire. We built one yeah. of auto, mono of every deck. <laughs> and then we have the combo decks and, and stuff like that, too. Uh, so like we've been playing a lot of it, actually. Um, in fact, every Sunday, I believe, is like the L3 tournament. So everybody shows nice. up, you know, everybody shows up with, with like a deck that, that they can play with L3 um, and all that. So um, but yeah, like we've been playing a lot of it. Um, my opinion is like well it's the same thing as standard where it's like the best decks are the best decks it's like very hard and also with only three sets it's a little like hard to be creative with those three sets um after our first tournament almost everybody agreed that it should be like four sets or five sets um Mm -hmm. i personally am a man or of what (laughs) or what or or instead of banning 800 cards just ban five (laughs) That, well, well, that's the main thing. I am a man of like I enjoy my freedom, right? So I want I I honestly prefer the whole like uh, the standard format. There's more cards to play with. I love the the Alcids. I love the Seven Drop Shantoto things like that. You know, um, so like, well, if they're making L three to prevent like old cards from being played, like these problem cards, they could just ban five cards instead of like banning eleven hundred. You know, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, so like so far, like it's not bad. Like I'm still gonna play L3 because I love to flip cards, but I just there's not as much freedom that you have in L3. Mm-hmm. No, that definitely seems to be the um, the general consensus across the board, and I, I think it's you know, and we and we you know we beat that horse to death the other week where we think it's the idea is sound, the execution leaves something to be desired, and that, yeah, and that and it's echoed. It's very much echoed throughout the community. But with that being said, you know, especially when they announced that all the opens were going to be this L3 format, what was your initial reaction? Were you like, oh, shit, no one's going to show up now? Or was it like, all right, well, this is this is what's on the menu. Let's go ahead and make the best of it. What so was that, I guess? So, so no. I actually have an answer to this one. So when they announced it, our group chat kind of exploded and we were all talking and the guys were like, well, when are we going to practice this? When are they going to play it? And I was like, well, just play the format. And 
it, it echoes what Shane said about our first week. We were all really excited because we had just got back from a union and we're pissed off about the format and almost mm-hmm. our friend drowning in the ocean and, you know, all this <laughs> other shit. And then we sat down and we all got to play the game and it felt really, really, really good. And then the thing that Shane also talked about happened. And then I was like, Oh, yep. Nope. Doesn't matter. Still same bullshit, man. Fuck this game. I got to go have a conversation with somebody in, in, in like a month at fanfare. Cause I'm super frustrated and it's still, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And then listening to you guys talk about it, listening to Kyle, reading comments on Facebook, um, I was really concerned that people aren't going to show up to other L3s. I'm not concerned about ours, and it's not to sound cocky or conceited, but because we're putting on the 1K tournament. We're mm-hmm. making sure that the the hype about the, the format is real. You know, we're the first one. So we're going to be that 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 test package to see how this goes, how mm-hmm. the competitive aspect of it goes, even though we know, you know, kind of what the format's going to feel like. We still, we've solidified ourselves as being, in my opinion, a successful event and the event's not here yet because I'm going to make sure and Shane's going to make sure and my team is going to make sure that when you come to play Final Fantasy at the store, no matter what the format is, that you're going to have a good time. That's a damn good yeah. answer. Love that. So, you know, we, we keep talking about this 1K. Miles, and you talked about this on your stream that you did, the status effects. Go ahead and break, for those who didn't watch that or don't know, go ahead and break that down. Go ahead and break down what you're doing with this this 1K, this uh, this status battle arena event, the Coliseum uh, battle, I believe is what it was called. Yeah, it's called the Battle Arena 1K Plus. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, we'll get to that later, boyo. Uh, so a lot of uh, companies and, and, and stores have tried to host cash payout tournaments. And what happens is, is they ended up not being necessarily profitable. Like they don't make any money. Um, so with the UFS uh, PTC that we did last year, because we always have the biggest UFS events at my store or in Omaha just in general, um, I decided to try this format where... Um, the store puts up a thousand dollars no matter what, but the it, the entry is thirty dollars, and ten dollars of that entry goes into uh, extra pot bonus. So, for example, if we have sixty players show up, another six hundred dollars goes into the pot out of the thirty that you pay. So, ten dollars of it. So, a third of your entry increases the pot value that we're already putting up. So essentially, if that 60 people shows up or 70 people show up and they play in the tournament, then not only did the $1,000 that we put up initially get covered, but then the money that get that the extra additional money also is covered. So the players fund the tournament and the store doesn't necessarily lose because mm-hmm. the, the math checks out. Um, I, I've got I haven't taken my Scott Steiner chainmail hat off yet. The math in this episode is unreal. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so as a as a game store owner, I tried to make sure that the store always goes, is always plus. Um, I don't like mm-hmm. to lose because that's a waste of your time. If my business fails, I wasted your time and mine. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the way that we worked it. Um, so there's no cap on this event. Um, it's not Square Enix sanctioned, so there's no special things going on, blah, blah, blah. But um, we wanted to do something fun and make a, your travel for the L3 worth it if you didn't make it to day two for your mm-hmm. Nats invite. 
Um, and as you know, Final Fantasy VII is my favorite uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, Chrono Trigger is my favorite RPG, but Seven is right there underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were playing with the, the idea of playing status element tournaments at home. And then once uh, RB started reaching out to me about hosting an event this year, I was like, all right, Miles, how do you make it so people want to show up and play this game at your store? You can hype it up all day. You can hype up what Square Enix is doing. But how do you take it? How do you go beyond? Like John asked a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was we throw a 1K, we throw a 1K plus, like we did the PTC. But how do we make it spicy? How do we make it fun? Mm-hmm. So me and the me and the the mad scientists at the store sat down and hashed out all these status elements uh, that you play with every round. So it changes every round, and we have 12 of them. So even if we have a big, you know, 60, 70 person tournament, we're only going to be playing eight rounds, nine rounds. So you're not going to see three or four of these status effects during the tournament. Four of them won't be seen. And then they reset once top cut happens, because if there's, you know, top 16, you're playing X amount of rounds. So you just re-roll the die, and whatever number it lands on, that status element affects top cuts just like it does the standard rounds. That's pretty sick. So, yeah, we made it 12 on purpose that way. Um, So I'm going to highlight them and we're going to we can we can talk about them for a couple oh, of minutes please. because yeah i don't want the show to run on too long but um the first one is haste so what happens is we'll roll our die if it roll if it lands on whatever number haste is associated with you'll play with this effect for that round backups come in active and all characters have haste uh players cannot attack on their first turn of play um and you play until nine points of damage so the design philosophy behind all of these effects, and especially haste, was is we didn't want to slow the game down because the game can already be slow and grindy as shit anyway. We mm-hmm. wanted everything that happens to speed the game up, so that way we're not there for a billion hours playing more Final Fantasy than we already did the day before. So the nine points was strictly because Forge is going to be swinging in like God as quickly as possible. So we <laughs> wanted we wanted the game to be fast. But you can count to seven really easy with a bunch of hasty boys on the board. That is true. Um, and we wanted, you know, the haste idea to not only affect forwards, but we wanted it to affect backups too. So that way you get this weird mix of being able to do things with your forwards and backups that you couldn't normally do. Like putting Yotsuyu down and having Zangan on the board and being able to like dull both of them and teleport they can't block. That's the ultimate haste move. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. not something that you could normally do. Um, swinging with Barrett and getting that, that plus one off of his mill effect. You know, just lots of interactions that you wouldn't normally get to see um, that could, again, speed the game up and make it more fun. So that's haste. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Awesome. Actually, I think that yeah, I think it's really neat. I like the fact that it does, see, it does open up a lot of neat avenues. And what's cool is that sounds like something that if you could prepare for it you could build your deck to really abuse it so it almost makes you think right like if, if you're lucky enough to get it and you have cards that play well with it you're going to be in a good spot that round whereas if you've got backups that don't really do anything like they're just kind of like etb effects and nothing beyond that right. um I, I feel like that's an event that that's a round if that that's the one that pops up you may be behind the curve against somebody else who has a lot more action abilities. I think it's really, really neat. And it has these kind of unattended, 
unintended effects on just the way decks that have already been built are going to interact with each other. I think that's cool as shit. Right. And the thing is, is that me and Shane were talking about it and me and the guys were when we were designing this. We still want people to show up and play, you know, a good deck. Like a lot of these effects, you can't build a deck around them because like I'll, I'll jump to a good one. Silence. All cards mm-hmm. have no text. EX burst still trigger. So like you build their deck for the haste effect, but the dice never lands on it. And mm-hmm. then you sit down across from a, a, a mono earth deck with all 9k forwards and you got a bunch of hasty chocobos that have no text anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose that match. So yep. trying to tailor your deck for, for the status elements is kind of a waste. You still want to show up and play something you're comfortable with. And that mm-hmm. still is, is, is good on, 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 on play. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Shane, what do you, do you agree? Is that, that was our purpose, right? It's like, you can build like kind of like any deck you want. Um, I think, What's going to happen? Like, because there are going to be the elements that like uh, affect you really good, but there's also going to be elements that just suck. Like, we'll get into them later where like blind status, like combo decks can't be played under blind status. Like, it's really yep. hard to do that. Um, yep. But yeah. Uh, also, I want to say that earlier we were talking about how the cloud, uh, the 2CP cloud, if it had haste, that's going to be busted, dude. Sure. Don is. Hornio. Don Hornio has haste. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, this, that's what I mean. That's going to make the he's going to bust real fast. That's going to make this event like super <laughs> good. Um, so the next status element on our list is is poison. So uh, at the end of every turn, all players remove the top card of their deck. When someone's deck runs out, the player with the most points of damage scored wins. Wow. So this this was more of a you can't are you can't recur as much bullshit as you normally would and we wanted it to feel like a match of like a fighting game where like, oh, the timer ran out. Uh, I've got more life than my opponent. I hit them harder. I win I the love match. That. I love that. Absolutely. That's cool as shit, actually. Um, it does feel and exactly when, like that. Yep. Uh, and when they get removed from the game, they get real removed from the game. There's no way to touch them. So You rip them in half? Oh, no. No! <laughs> um, so... Uh, Chris, you talked about haste. John, let me hear what you have to say about poison. When you rip in the game, you rip for real. Yes. Uh, no, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that poison is really neat because it, like, the mill mechanic in this game was pretty cool until Riku got out of hand. So now it's like right. uh, this kind of mills both players in a way that, like, it. it uh, I mean, so just in the octagon event tonight, we had three different water ducks. And in multiple games, they just went to zero cards, like, milled themselves out. Like, so, it's definitely, especially because Poison's kind of helping them get there, it's going to happen. So, I think it's cool that it puts players on, like, a timer. And, again, I just love how much flavor goes back to the battle square with all of this. Where it's like, yeah, I, I can't think of how many times I was like, like, oh my god, please just finish and get to the reels before this Poison, like, kills me. <laughs> like, kills please, me, these yep. animations mm-hmm. need to go faster so I don't just, like, die. <laughs> I need to be able yep. to heal... Like, uh, and uh, I love that, like, um, all of these are so flavorful, and I think Poison kind of, like, milling you, and then there being a win con for, like, when that happens, uh, when the time runs out, is so cool. Yeah, all right. I appreciate that. Um, so the next one is Confusion. So this one was a little tricky, and we've gotten some feedback on it, but we haven't changed it because we like it, and that's all that matters. So there you go. Confusion. When you attack, you roll a die. If the die lands on odd, the attack stops, and you, the player, take a point of damage. EX burst still trigger. 
When you use an action or special ability or play a summon, you roll a die. If odd, the effect fizzles. So in Final Fantasy VII, when you were confused, you would attack other party members, you would attack yourself, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, damn near anything. So we wanted to keep that thematic feeling. So when every decision you make, it's the flip of a coin, or in this case, the roll of a die. And if you roll odd, you either get punished or your effect doesn't happen. So you have to play the game a different way because you're praying to RNGs at that point. <laughs> so to speed up the to speed up the match, the player took the point of damage, and you still play to seven points. So initially, what we did was is if you attacked and you rolled an odd, you not only took a point of damage, but you lost the forward that attacked. And we figured out that that slowed the game down too much because you paid all that work and you could just sit down across from somebody and they could just roll even and steamroll you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get to keep your forward, but you, the player, take the point of damage. So this is kind of Yu-Gi-Oh-esque. <laughs> no, that's neat. Um, again, like, I love the the thought that you've put into each of these. I love. I, I'm trying to think of the the best way to describe it. Like the, the the randomness is what makes it exciting. I like. I could be, I could be, zero and one because like I just bad luck on the reels. But then like the 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 odds could be in my favor the rest of the rounds. And like I. Start. I get the the status effect for that round is just something that really just is a lot more. It, it's something that I know how to manage as a card game player, maybe better than another one. Like the haste one again. Going back to that one, as as somebody who typically plays aggressive decks, knowing how to maneuver my way through that makes that a little bit easier for me. Um, maybe versus like the confuse or even the um. The poison. Shit. The poison. Thank you. Like, because that that you're looking to play potentially a grindy game, but who knows? You could uh, you could manage the poison in a way where it's like, oh shit, I need to play aggressively before a I lose all of my power cards off the top of my deck, or you know, or th that's the strategy. You just play bodies. You play the long game. You play the long con against your opponent. So again, there's really a lot to take in with these. So I, I love everything you're saying. It keeps getting better. So please continue. All right, so the next one is Silence, and we talked about this one already, but mm -hmm. all cards have no text, That's but EX Burst still trigger. So you got this, this combo-y-ass Zidane where you're like, ah, swing and draw two cards? That's fucking adorable. Mm -hmm. My 7-drop Cloud, though, shits all over your Zidane, boyo, so we're going to play Final Fantasy like men. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Vanilla Fantasy. Yeah, right. Vanilla Fantasy. Yep. Um, I, so I, I guess that's neat. John? Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean it's super cool. It turns the game into just uh, just power evaluations. Stats, uh, right? Yeah, it's just stats. Exactly. Hey, big stats, big numbers, big math. Right. Brain. Yep. So, yeah. like, think about it. Like all text. So you're brave forward. That's adorable. Yeah. Just right. Yep. You're you're hasty boy. Adorable. Not today. Your backup that, that would stop me from blocking your Renoa that gets rid of all my cards from RFG, that's a five-drop backup you just played that doesn't do shit. That's fucking adorable. And CP Toto. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yep. That's an expensive um, brick in your hand. colors. <laughs> doesn't even produce other colors, just mono earth. Yeah, um, chaos. <laughs> chaos. Yeah, right? Don't <laughs> shit. Oh, no. Yeah, light and dark cards is just... just... <laughs> Just lead 
bricks. A lot of yep. decks are going to get fucked up by that. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. um, the next one and is Lucky se Lucky Sevens. This was the, the regular fight that you played if you just hit the seven. Mm -hmm. um, so you play no a normal penalty. match of Final Fantasy. No penalty this time. Woo! Uh, it can only happen the, once, though. Now, will I be yeah, able it can to only happen once. the slots in real life like I can <laughs> when I play Final Fantasy VII? No, because right. it's a random dice roll. Good damn luck with it, that. <laughs> uh, the next one is Scan. Mm -hmm. uh, this one's one of my favorites. Players play one. with their hands and decks face up and upside down. And decks. Oh, wow. So, and, part is just like right. So, good. so you everybody gets to see all cards in each other's hands and the top card of their deck. So, oh man, that's a titan on top of my deck. You sure you want to swing in for that point of damage? <laughs> so imagine the amount of different play ways that you can manipulate the game when you can both see what each other is going to do. Yeah. Yeah, having that knowledge of what's on top will because it, it could just make some really like crazy momentum swings, right? Where you're trying to press the issue and press the attack and you know go for damage, but then there's just like you said, there's a really nasty burst sitting on top, and it's like, well, fuck this, I'm not, I'm not gonna play into that. <laughs> but then, it, but, but then it's also like, well, I see what they have in their hand. If I swing and take that Titan, how bad will it actually be? Because they don't have a follow-up, or it's like, right. oh shit, that could go from bad to worse because they have multiple follow-ups. Yep. Or it could be something you have in your hand where it's like they're like, oh shit, do I want to trigger that Titan if they attack? You know, there's just a lot of a lot of mind games that go along with that. Yeah. Right. Um, the next one is also one of my favorites, blind. Mm -hmm. Players draw cards face down. To play a card, you flip a card over, and you must pay its cost. All face-down cards produce any color CP, and if you cannot play the card, it fizzles. Mm. So I flip over. I flip over uh, uh, my my five-cost Barrett without Jesse. I got to pitch three cards. Talk about one eight hundred gambler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're literally gambling the whole time. Man. See that's neat too, because like it. Granted, the the only the only thing that's rough on this one is that if you I mean if you just happen to like flip the fell Thanos and you don't have the cards in hand to play it, you're just kind of fucked. You sure are. Yes, you are. <laughs> you failed the check. Yeah, yeah you, you failed, failed the, the check. check. <laughs> you sure it's did. Because like a lot of times in blind status, you'll you'll have these cards, right? You have like two cards, then you'll draw two cards, and it's mm -hmm. like mm, I don't want to risk playing anything. I'll just pass. So you, yep. you get two more cards, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. That's so. so smart. Yeah, we, we like scan and blind a lot. Um, we play tested them one game, and we're like, nah, these are fine. <laughs> um, the next one is berserk. All forwards gain. This forward must attack if possible. See, that's neat, too. Again, another one of those aggressive strategies that an aggressive player is going to really know how to, you know, navigate and maneuver. I like that. And Chris is like, yep. so how do I get haste and berserk? <laughs> right. <laughs> is there a menu? Is there a menu? Right. Yeah. Can I roll two dice, please, sir? Oh, sick. I, I want haste, berserk. Yeah. I want the, uh, the blank one. And give me some scan. Haste, uh, berserk, and scan. What can you do for me? Well, initially we thought about making it so they stacked. So, like, if for round one you rolled Honestly, haste, Daddy. and then round two it was berserk, and then oh, round three man. you gained scan, and then the game just stacked on top of each other. But Ooh. then that would have just been too much, too much for I think too many people. So, half oh, yeah, you just take half of my deck and remove it. 
<laughs> oh man, could you imagine like getting poisoned and then playing blind? Or not poisoned, but uh uh playing scan and knowing what's gonna get removed from the game. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Um That's the next, next year. one that's next year. That's next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one is protect slash barrier. Pay four CP, cancel any summon or ability. Talking now, now we're talking the grindy games. This this is the uh, the control player's dream come true. Yep. I love it. Keep, I, your, I, keep your shit on the board. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's it's nice when you can have like just some interactive like counterplay. I'm a big fan. Yep. Um Fury. Uh, this one's one of my favorites too. Players draw one additional card during their draw phase. Players must discard down to three cards during the end phase. Yeah, I like drawing cards. I yep. hate discarding them, but I love drawing them. Well, so again, this speeds in your hand. You don't have to discard shit. Yep, this speeds up the the game yet again because you have to make more plays than you would normally make, mm -hmm. or give up more pieces. So you get yeah. more advantage up front, but then you take the hit on the back end because that's what Fury was in Final Fantasy VII. You could give your players, your characters, Fury, and their limit break meter would build faster, but mm -hmm. they're also their accuracy would go down. So yeah. that's what this was supposed to feel like. You you got more value up front, but your back end you paid for it, and that's what the discard down to three felt like. Mm -hmm. Dude, can I just say so when was... I was a kid, I thought that it was like I like broke it like the game like i was like i figured out something so sneaky because you could use the hypers to give people fury and i didn't realize that fury had any bad side effect whatsoever i thought it was just great like just yeah nope. just fury up and i would like i would pre-fury all of my guys before every single <laughs> every single fight so you're like bosses, man just... why do i keep missing on these just regular base five 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 attacks what the shit's going on Dude, limit breaks yeah. don't miss man that's all that's <laughs> yeah, it's true it's very true they limit sure breaks don't and magic baby <laughs> um the next effect is doom any card that goes to the break zone is removed from the game instead i so love you never have a break this zone. one this yes. one's so cool that's so awesome the cards you pitch from your hand get removed oh, oh, oh yep. sequencing nightmares yes yep. it is Yes, it is. Um, uh, and then the last one is is me and Shane's actual favorite, and I think Love it's everybody's one, actual favorite. Bring it home. Is mini, mini. Play a game of war with your Final Fantasy deck. Player with the highest card count wins. In the case of a tie, play again. You play war with the whole deck? Yeah, okay. so for example, I flip the top cards, you flip the top card, I flip a four cost forward, you flip a cost seven, you get the, the both cards. No. You're literally playing like old school war. I love it. You're playing war because it's a mini game of Final Fantasy. Get it? Mini. Mini game. Ah. Uh... You gotta have bigger cards, dude. Yeah, you, so, you, so you either gotta have bigger cards or you just gotta be on a good streak where you hit a bunch of two-cost backups with your, your three-cost forwards. And so is, this, uh, so is this gonna work where like the whole round, like everyone in the tournament has the same status effect or do like each individual match has their own status effect yeah each each round so you'll go every, so like let's say we have you know 50 people and it's seven rounds or whatever every round will have a different status element and the status element that resets but they go away they get crossed off the list so you will not see haste again if it comes up on the die right dude well that's Probably. why i just like i want to see uh I, I think it's gonna be so funny when you get ones like mini 
and just hearing everybody doing like war, like seeing everybody on all the tables playing fucking war with their Final Fantasy deck. It's gonna be good. It recorded, is, dude. It is so much plus. fun. It's gonna be awesome. It was so much fun when we were play testing it. We were test, and both me and my opponent would would like throw down like a two CP backup. So we'd take the top three three cards, one two three, flip another one, it'd be like another two CP backup. Right, one <laughs> two three, and we flip the last one. It's like a five CP cloud versus like a Shimazi or something. <laughs> it's crazy, it's beautiful. Oh uh, nuts! It it was so much fun. So yes, the the, the quick ex- explanation, and we'll close it out. Um, there. Every status element will have a number associated with it that we will write down so you'll all be able to see it. But, uh, once pairings are um, done, I will, uh, myself or one of the judges, will roll a die. Whatever number hits, we'll then look back on our list. And whatever mm-hmm. number corresponds, the judge will read out that status element. And that status element, element uh, effect will be what you have to play through that round of the tournament. I like it. I'm in. Yeah. So Stop then, drilling, you've struck oil. After you, after Swiss ends, we mm-hmm. do deck checks. We announce our top cuts, whether it's eight or sixteen or whatever. This list comes back to life, and all the status elements are back alive. And then every round of top cuts gets a different element. Dude, that's gross. It's going to be very gross. fun. Uh, it's going to be like, like I love when a side event embraces. Like, all right, we're just gonna go totally off the rails. It's like you're not you're not doing like uh, I, I this isn't like to show throw a shade at like L three or title or anything like that. But it's not just like okay, here's one slightly different rule about how you have to like build the deck. And yeah, it does have changes on how things are played. But you guys are like no no no. Here's like like a drastically different rule set. Well, you know, that's like, also I, massively flavorful to the IP. Yeah, as well, so which flavorful. Is huge. Yeah. And if you guys don't know anything about me, I love thematics. <laughs> Literally. Dude, you are all about named the after flavor. Terry. I'm all about the flavor. That's right. Yeah, dude, I that's dig it. People notice we're, this stuff. We're launching Livewire, which is, if you didn't know, mm-hmm. Terry, Terry says that when he does the Power Geyser, when he's old man Bogart in the brown jacket. So, Livewire, go back. Yes, from Garo. Livewire is what he says when he geysers you. And then it's it, thematically, it fits him, but also we do the live stream, and all of this information comes to you over the wire. So, live wire. There it yeah, is. Yeah, the math checks. And once again, the math checks out. We, we just, <laughs> we're, 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 you boys are making it happen. And like, I, I, I can't wait to get out there. And what's the date of the open out there? It's in April, correct? April, yeah, eight, the weekend of the 18th. So um, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll do our weekly on Friday night like we normally do, and everybody will be invited to play. Um, it'll awesome. probably just be a standard event. Um, maybe, maybe we'll throw some status effects in there if people want to do it. Um, and then we'll do the L3 on Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday, anybody that doesn't make top cuts for the L3 will be able to play in the 1K+. Plus. Awesome. beautiful stuff so yeah so it sounds like there's a lot to look forward to uh from the legendary wolf games crew coming in april and that i, I think it's going to be a tough act to follow when you start looking at the other opens uh people are going to really have to bring it they're going to really have to do something to eat, at least match the quality um so yeah i mean with that being said boys 
I, I think y'all are making all the right moves. Said you've got some sponsored players under your wings now. Um, yep. Now, do, do you want to? And they're actually household names. Um, I know you mentioned them. Uh, who was it again? It was uh, it was Zach Burrell, Dylan Straub. Was it? And there was another one for final. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling the list up for you right Beautiful. now. Um, so for Final Fantasy, um, uh, we had just over 40 people apply. That's um, awesome. Um, and um, so I, I didn't want to go super heavy my f- first year. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked six people. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane, Shane and Danielle helped me figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was Dylan Straub, Brian Berkeley, Michael Thompson, Jack Fultz, Lynch, Zachary Burrell, and uh, Chris McKinney were the people that we picked. Excellent choices. Excellent yeah, choices. Yeah, it's gonna be an awesome. So game. it was a, it was a mix of seasoned players and a mix of of newbies because the sponsorship isn't just about being, you know, godlike cardboard flippers. It's about evolving and becoming better at the this thing that you care about. So mm-hmm. I wanted to put people on the team that could learn from the people upstairs, and then hopefully the people at the bottom of the ladder can help influence the people at the top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. So. Fresh ideas, um, next new year. perspective. Yes. So next year, we'll hopefully, uh, uh, if this year goes well, which I'm sure that it will, I'm not even worried about it, uh, we'll increase that number, and then you'll be seeing people with the LWG logo at tournaments all over the place. I, for one, can't wait to see it. But with that being said, guys, any parting thoughts this evening? Uh, this was a fantastic cast. We got to talk about some spoilers. Got to talk about some real. And here's the thing, too, about the status effects. I hope people adopt those now and start playing that kind of stuff with their locals. You want to you want to get new players in. You want to do something fun and flavorful without feeling like maybe you're beating somebody down, especially if you're at a point where maybe the meta does feel stale. I'm not saying that it is now, kind of is, but. Having something like this where you can really just embrace the thematics of the IP, you can really embrace the flavor and get people playing the game. I don't I, I highly recommend every community try this status ailment out. I mean, try it out for a locals one week, try it out for a monthly. I think you're gonna have a really good time with it. So the Omaha crew my- likes it. They yeah, like I, 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 I can't, I, I can't see anybody who wouldn't like it other than maybe like, because Shane, you know as well as I do. Sometimes there's some real fuddy duddies that sit across from you playing cards. They get too wrapped. Some real stiffs. So a couple of real stiffs out there. Sure. You're right, right. And that, this is a great way to just kind of loosen up and break the tension and just again just enjoy the community. Have beer and pretzels is a great way to put this, right? Like I think you can, you can kind of do it in that regard. <laughs> Beer and pretzels. I love yeah, it, yeah, dude. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, it, it it brings it back to why we play card games in the first place. You, you play card mm-hmm. games to have fun. Like you don't play card games to hate yourself. You know. Correct. Yep. Cool. That's why I always play what I want. I play what I want. I don't give a shit if it's gonna do well or not because I'd rather lose and have a good time than win and feel like I fucking betrayed myself. That's right. Never Indeed. betray yourself, ladies and gentlemen. That's our closing. Yeah. yeah that, that's the. Uh, yeah. That's the. Note. Hey, gang. We had a lot of laughs tonight. But one thing you don't want to do, you never want to betray yourself or those you hold close to you. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, destroy your ninja way. You know, those kinds of ninjas are trash. That's right. No. The quick Naruto plug? No? That's right. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Look, (laughs) listen. 
Now, I need to check one thing real quick before we go, because, you know, I, I have something that I like to do for a certain someone that listens to our cast on the regular. So let me just check okay. one last thing. I also have one last thing for you. Oh, please go ahead. You're done. Okay. All right. While By you're doing means. that. So I want to thank you guys for uh, listening in to this week's episode of RVA Returners and listening to me ramble and listening to me and Shane laugh at things. Um, mm -hmm. And as a way to say thanks to Chris and John and to you guys, I am going to hook every uh, body up with some extra UFS goodies if you come to the L3. And then I'm going to send uh john and and chris for putting us on the show this week some of the my hero academia demo decks and maybe just maybe some of the foil uh izuku and midoriya and all might the all might Ooh. character card that you guys can do a giveaway with Ooh. on the show leading to. up to leading up to the l3 and the release of my hero in may dude that'd be awesome oh, it's that, now now? that that is a tough act to follow and you're Thank you. Thank you. Because we've actually got some interest sparked in our area of people that want to play this game. And I'm, the more demo decks I have to give out and teach with will be absolutely fantastic. So thank you. I That's will, awesome. Yeah, no problem. I will have Shane is not saying much, but I will have Shane ship you guys some stuff out tomorrow. Fantastic. Wow, awesome. Thank you so much man so that's that's a tough act to follow it really is the generosity knows no bounds but i made a promise to mr alex scott of the Mesidia post that you know he was having trouble falling asleep to my voice so i'm gonna read him an excerpt from wild cards book one edited by george rr R. martin <clears throat> 20 minutes over broadway he knocked on the door uncomfortable in his new brown suit and vest Come on in, it's open, said a woman's voice. Then it was muffled. I'll be ready in just a minute. Jetboy opened the oak hall door and stepped into the room, past the glass brick room divider. A beautiful woman stood in the middle of the room, a dress halfway over her arms and head. She wore uh, a camisole, garter belt, and silk hose. She was pulling the dress down with one of her hands. Jetboy turned his head away, blushing and, blushing and taken aback. Oh, said the woman. I'm going to stop right there because I think that's enough for uh, Alex to fall asleep to. That was beautiful. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes. Story time for Alex Scott. Yeah, that's that's who it's for. That's, I, I do it for him because he he at reunion he sounded so distraught that he was having trouble falling asleep, listening to our cast, and it's the least I could do, John. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what we want is people to fall asleep to our cast. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I'm just jazzed about getting more demo decks for the people for <laughs> the people, John. All right, so I guess yeah, first up, we'll lead with the Octagon State of the Union, so we'll go ahead and lead right into that. John, I know you're going to put the news. sound. <laughs> <Rum and> news. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fuck, this is off the rails already. We're going to save that. I'm going to write that down. We're going to save that for Rum another and episode. News. Rum and news. Okay, sorry. <laughs>